Welcome to the Lagan Valley Vineyard Podcast. We are a community passionate about seeing the Lagan Valley area filled with the presence and the teachings of Jesus. If you would like to connect with us or if we can help you in any way, please visit our website, lagonvalleyvineyard.com. Our text today is taken from Galatians 5, verse 1 to 15. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will have no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is required to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace, for through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. You who were running a good race, who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. And I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, I wish, I wish they would go to the, whole, the whole way and emasculate themselves. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. It is lovely to see you, absolutely lovely to be here. For those of you who do not know me, my name is Dana Masters, and um, I'm married to the lovely Andrew Masters, who was supposed to be up here speaking today. So if you're disappointed, I'm sorry. Um, I didn't think you were, I didn't think you were disappointed. I wanted to be like, if you're disappointed, you're just joking, because you're not, no. Um, no, no, no. My poor husband is not well today, and I'll not give you any details, but at 3 a.m. this morning, it became painfully aware that he was not fit to leave the house. So, you have me, but the good news is, like most wives, I am well equipped to speak for my husband. So, thank you. Thank you. Let's just pray quickly for him. Jesus, please heal Andy. Please heal Andy. Um, And speaking of healing, really, 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 he he gave me instructions on certain things. I'll do half of them. The rest of them, I'm going to do what I want to do because that's our life. Um, He wanted me to tell you, go to the healing conference. And I actually want to say to you, go to the healing conference. to be quite honest with you, I will find, find some of those conferences a little uncomfortable because I just find everything uncomfortable, to be honest with you. If you're with me, anybody else find everything overly uncomfortable? 
Okay, so, um, but I love it. I'm going to go because I want to see Jesus healing people. I want to see people healed and set free from things. I want to see that more than I want to be comfortable. So um, if that's you too, sign up for that. You will not be disappointed. Um, Yeah. Now, last Sunday, I was away. I was not here in the country, but Andrew took our three kids and drove up to Causeway Coast Vineyard um, because last Sunday we were able to commission our newest vineyard church plant here in Ireland. Yeah. We're very excited about that. We're excited about when any new churches are planted because it means that the Father is moving. He has not forgotten us here in Ireland. Church is growing. And uh, Hugh and Allison Reed and their four daughters, Molly, Grace, Olivia, and Emily, are gathering this morning for the first time in Ballymena um, as Mid-Antrim Vineyard. And we are so proud, so thankful, so excited for them. Uh, Hugh is a farmer, and Allie runs a coffee shop called Creamery Can on their farm. And around five years ago, Hugh was in the milking parlor, you have to, I have to, I hope you get to um, hear him tell this story one day because it's incredible. But he was in the milking parlor. I've never been in a milking parlor, as you can see by my shoes. I don't do milking parlors. When God spoke to him and said, within the next five years, you're going to be leading a church. Okay? Hugh did not go into seminary at the age of 25 to become this, that, the other. God spoke to him in the milking parlor. And I love that. I love that God is still calling people in crazy places. He's calling all of us, whether we feel worthy, qualified, or whatever. And that is something we want to pray into. So will you join me this morning as we pray a prayer of blessing over that new church? Father, we love you. And we thank you. We thank you that you have not forgotten us here on this island that your spirit is moving, that you are calling people who will facilitate places where your voice can be heard clearly, where your spirit has the freedom to change lives, transform lives, rebuild lives, and send people out. So Father, we just say we bless Mid-Antrim Vineyard this morning. And we just say that we, we call them a blessing in their community. We call them a blessing to the other churches. We call them a blessing to the, to the, um, the families, to the schools. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Okay. Wonderful. Well, let's, let's jump in this morning. Andrew did write this talk. So if I'm sounding a little Andrewish this morning... You'll know why. I was challenged, though, I was, as I was reading his talk this morning, and I was sort of trying to get my head around what um, he felt like God wanted to say to us this morning. I was challenged by something because I don't know if you ever do this. Sometimes if I'm in a church setting and I hear a talk, a sermon, I can kind of sit there and hear it and start to feel a bit self-righteous. And be like, that's right. I totally do that. In the good way. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. That's amazing. Tell all those people they're wrong. 
tell all those people how to do it right, like myself. And um, I found that I was doing that more and more lately. And I was sort of challenged to stop and invite the Holy Spirit in in that moment. And I would love for us to do that this morning. I think it's really easy to um, assume yourself right all the time. It's really easy. And so this morning, what I want us to do is not think so much about them or they, whoever your them or they is, and remember how much God loves us and how much he wants to transform our lives and maybe even give him permission this morning to gently put his finger on some things in our lives that he would like to transform with his word. Is that okay? Are we going to do that this morning? Good. Let's jump into our teaching text. Um, we're in Galatians chapter 5, and this is one of my absolute favorite verses. Just so happens I get to preach on it this morning. Starting at verse 1, this is it. This, is, to me, blows my mind. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So don't let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Wow. There's so much in that. It's almost as if that verse is like the great crescendo of the gospel. The story of God on earth can be summed up in this verse. It's for your freedom that Christ came and set you free. Is there anything else deeper more profound that we are longing for today in this culture than freedom. Don't you hear that, sort of the theme of freedom? People might use different words, but this idea of being free constantly, we are longing for it. Doesn't matter if you have any sort of faith affiliation, it's almost like we are all desperate. We are starving for freedom. Freedom to be ourselves, freedom to believe and, and live and think in whatever way we want. The world is hungry to be free. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. You see, there's so many of us that find a deep problem here because We've been set free. The scriptures say it. You're free. It's done. To sort of pray, Jesus, come set me free, isn't necessarily biblically correct, is it? You're done. He opened the, the, the gate. It's, you're free. You're free to go. But for so many of us, we don't live free.
Because freedom is something that we have to learn to occupy. Freedom is a space we have to learn how to live in. So many times we liken the idea of being able to live by our desires, our whims, our wants, our moods to freedom. And I don't know about you, but I have done that. I have lived a life completely dictated to by my moods, my desires, my whims. I mean, just look on my Amazon Prime. The amount of things in the last 10 years that I've bought because I've decided I'm, I'm going to do a new thing that sit in my house unused. And I can tell you that's not freedom. I don't feel any more free because I can do those things. Freedom is a space we have to learn to occupy. I remember when I was a kid, I was a part of this um, gifted and talented educational program. <laughs> Are we surprised? And um, <laughs> part of it was throughout the year, it must have been like maybe 12 or 13, throughout the year, maybe four times a year, they would take you out of school all day to take you to um, a, a type of career path that you could do when you grow up and let you sort of shadow people all day. So at one stage, we were in a hospital shadowing surgeons. Now I say shadowing surgeons. I was not in the theater, okay? But I thought this was amazing. And believe it or not, one of the places I ended up in with a group of other kids and responsible adults was a prison, okay? And it was a very low security prison in the set and the other, but they were really passionate about talking about people who were involved in sort of the correction area and prison reform and this, that, and the other. And something that has always stuck with me since that time was a man who was talking about and so passionate about a lack of post-imprisonment support for these people who were getting out of prison. And I remember thinking, don't you just get out of prison and go on about your life? But the reality is when you have lived a life where you were not free for so long, you have to relearn how to be free. So just because they unlocked the cell of that prison, they gave you the clothes back that you came in, they gave you whatever was in your pockets, and they gave you a ride to the nearest bus station, doesn't mean that you knew how to be free. This is what we're talking about here, Galatians 5, chapter 1. You have been set free. How then do you live free? Because if you don't intentionally live free, it says that you could let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. I love the wording of that. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. 
essentially it's saying, Jesus has set you free. Live free so that you are not brought back into slavery. Because the reality is there is no body, no power, no scheme that can make you unfree once Jesus set you free except for you. Your decisions, your intentional moving towards a life that is in line with the kingdom of God. And not the kingdom of God as you decided it to be. The kingdom of God as the Holy Spirit reveals to us it is. In our world, we've been taught that the pinnacle of freedom is that autonomy and life without consequences. And, and we, are, we are swimming in that constantly every day. But true freedom is much deeper and, and much more profound than that. It's incredible how we are defining freedom sometimes with the same attitude and intent as we define selfishness. Stu unpacked this um, last week a bit more, and, and I want to encourage you. Um, I can say this because I'm not on staff here at Lagan Valley Vineyard and all this stuff. But I'm not here a lot because of my work. And when I come home, I'm going to tell you guys something. I land here in our community, in our family, and I am overwhelmed by gratitude by what we have here. How we are learning to love each other, to encourage each other, to do life with each other. And so when you have the likes of Yvette and Stu and Andy and all this other stuff, unpacking these incredible things, if you're not here, go listen to it on the podcast. It's gold. It's what God is telling our community. He's speaking to us. So go back and listen to that on the podcast, and you'll see that there's a relationship between all these talks that we've been doing in Galatians. Stu talked about formation. And the beginning of formation, the beginning of of the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and forming you is freedom. Isn't it incredible that Jesus doesn't come to us and say, you, you stay here right in this little, this little cage here while I clean you up. You're not fit to be with other people. Let me get you to a certain, and then I'll let you out for a few, maybe a few minutes a day, and we'll grow, and then you can be free. Now, the beginning of his interaction with you is to set you free. To declare your freedom. And the fruit of his interaction with you, or his formation of you, is freedom. For so many of us, our starting point is this. I don't know why, but we've changed this. I can take a few guesses, but this is sort of, we've changed it to be this. Okay, I've had this incredible encounter with Jesus. I felt his love for me. 
his concern for me. I want to know him. I want to be his disciple. I want to be free. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to read a certain amount of the Bible every day. And I'm going to um, call this friend and this person to become a part of this small group and this tribe. I'm going to do A, B, C, and D so that I can maybe one day be free. And we've missed the point of what the gospel has told us. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. He did it. It's already done. So how then do we live free? One of the saddest pictures I ever got, um, I, I got the opportunity to speak at a, a women's gathering once. And we were uh, praying, and I got this picture of a woman in like a, in, what do you call it, bars? You know, when you're like trapped inside a cage. And, uh, and she was in this cage, fear, and like just wanting to get out. And then as I looked closer, there was actually no, there's only three sides to the cage. The other wall had been like pushed off or removed or whatever. And I realized that for so many of us, that picture is accurate of how we live life. We are living as slaves and as prisoners when we have been declared free. So how do we live free? This is the part that is so counterculture in this moment here. There is no true freedom without discipline. There is no true freedom without discipline. I don't mean like getting in trouble, discipline. I mean habits, patterns, things that are not subject to your emotional state, to your moods. There is no formation without the repetition of these things. Paul says, don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. What did he mean when he told the people of Galatia that? Because we've been talking about this for a few weeks now about the people in this church in Galatia. And they were being told that Jesus wasn't enough for them to have the freedom of Christ. Sort of be in the club, be, be Christ followers. Jesus wasn't enough. They needed to do these other things. They needed to stop eating these, eating these things. They needed to be circumcised, have this outward appearance, look a certain way. And we read that today and we go, silly people. Jeez Louise. Do you ever read the Bible and think that, especially the Old Testament with the Israelites, does anybody sometimes just go, oh my. I can't do it with these people anymore. Can't do it. 
And the funny thing is that actually they're very much like myself. Yeah. But the reality is we do the same thing now. We do the same thing to each other. Surrendering your life is important. Surrendering your life to Jesus is important, but, but the reality is look at the way you're dressed. And is that how you, is that how you really talk? Do you, do you hear the rest of us? Can you do a little bit more like this? If you want to be right with God, you need to do this, that, and the other. I remember when we first started um, meeting, was Haslam's Lane our first official venue? So when we moved from my living room into a storefront in Haslam's Lane, and it was amazing. In fact, I'm going to be honest with you guys and say there are times that I pray for a little bit of the chaos of Haslam's Lane to come back because it was Absolutely incredible. I remember at one point, James was leading worship one day, and I think James thought he was having this super, supernatural experience because there was this plume of smoke just coming up from the back. And if you ever read scripture, sometimes the Holy Spirit or God sort of um, was in these like smoke-filled supernatural experiences, and James is like, oh, it's on now. Holy Spirit is here. Holy Spirit, and someone was just vaping away like a champ <laughs> in the middle of this thing. But I remember Andrew was speaking once, and you know what Andrew's like, he asked all these rhetorical questions, right? And we had this amazing um, person sitting in the front row who hadn't grown up in church at all, which is amazing, I love it. And um, she didn't really know the rhetorical question Thing going on. So I think Andrew was like, can you imagine who, what kind of father would tell their son who's hungry, here's a snake to eat. And she goes, nobody, Andy, nobody. Who would do it? Who? I love that. You know why? I love being reminded that we are not all the same type of people from the same type of places that all have the same opinions about every single thing. That's, that's a cult. We are not a cult. We are a group, amen. <laughs> we are a group of people who want to know more about Jesus, who want to follow Jesus, and we are different on almost everything else after that. But we are able to do life together because he has called us to. Okay? That's freedom. Freedom is not what we put on each other so that we all look and act a certain way because it makes us feel safer and makes us feel better. Thank you. But I wonder if Paul were writing to the church in the Lagan Valley area or in Northern Ireland today, I wonder if he would see that the problem was, you know, the Galatians, the problem was someone was adding things to the gospel, extra things they had to do to fully know Jesus. 
And maybe our problem as Paul would see it today would be not that we were adding things, but that we were taking things away. Maybe he would be concerned that some people were saying, if, if you really want to be free, if you really want freedom, then you need to stop taking the Bible so seriously. I mean, go to church, that's cool, but maybe don't get too radical. You know what I mean? Don't be too awkward. Don't be those people that pray for healing on the street in the open. That's weird. <laughs> Nobody likes that. Don't be those people that go to work and if someone is struggling, offer to pray. That's weird. That's offensive. It's aggressive. Listen, I'm going to put my hand up. I have a problem with my awkward meter. Andrew does too, but we have the opposite problem. There could be the most awkward situation anyone has ever experienced happening right in front of Andrew's face. He feels no awkwardness. None whatsoever. Me, I just live in a constant state of feeling awkward. I'm just like, awkward, ooh. Someone's like, hey, Dana, I'm like, awkward. <laughs> so listen, I'm saying that because if you're one of those people that think, I don't wanna be that weirdo at work, that's weird. I know how you feel. But here, can I tell you something? For some of you who are actually weird, and we have them, this is gonna be good news. For some of you, this is going to be really, really hard news to swallow. It's impossible to be a Christian, to be a Christ follower, and to not be radical. Ooh. It's not a thing. The gospel that we read is absolutely radical. And I'm aware that the, idea, the word radical is not a word that we love right now, and, and I get that. But, but we do really need to understand this. Jesus lived out radical love. Radical love to the point where he made lots of people awkward and a lot of people angry. Jesus was the example of radical forgiveness to the point where it made a lot of people feel a bit awkward and even more people feel very angry. That's what you're called to. That's the gospel we are called to. The claims of Christ and the call of Christ cannot be inhabited in a half-hearted, semi-committed kind of way. 
There was a slavery that people around the Galatians were trying to push them into. A bondage they were trying to push them into. Telling them that they absolutely had to be circumcised. Trying to make them live up under the Mosaic law when that's not what the Holy Spirit was doing at that time with them. And Paul had to come in and be, and be corrective. We are experiencing the same thing. There is a pull into slavery, into bondage for different, for different things, but it's the same thing. We are being pulled back into, after we have been set free by this lie of self-actualization. When I was growing up, it wasn't presented in such a, a lovely intellectual way. My mother used to be like, get over yourself. It's not about you. This idea that you will have arrived when you fulfill your potential and become fully yourself as defined by you. And if that is working for anybody in this room, then by all means, keep doing it. It is quickly becoming utterly offensive in our culture that anyone would suggest that we try and define ourselves by anything outside of ourselves. Does it feel right? Does it feel wrong? How do I feel about it? This is everyone across the board. This is all of us. We are all engaging in this type of behavior and it is destructive. The fruit of defining ourselves by ourselves is a surefire way back into slavery. Freedom is allowing God to name us, to define us, and to lead us. In verses five and six, it says, through the spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value, only faith expressing itself through love. Freedom in Christ produces things in our lives like active patience, an aversion to legalism, and a faith that expresses itself by love. We wait filled with faith and hope. While we wait, our lives are poured out expressing the what of God. The wrath of God, the judgment of God. What are we expressing? The love of God. That's what the scripture says. How do you know if you're not living free? How do I know? I look back over, I took stock just this morning. I look back over the last few weeks of my life. How easy is it to fall back into my life is 
My life is great. My life with Christ is great because everything is great. Everything's going the way I want it to go. My family is healthy. I can pay my bills. I'm good. But the moment something changes, I'm floored. My attitude is crap. I'm and I'm telling my kids, like I'm talking to my kids and I'm like, you can't just be happy when things are great. And I'm listening to myself going, oh my word. Am I literally trying to learn the same thing that a seven-year-old is trying to learn right now in life? Yes. Because sometimes if I'm honest, my freedom is no freedom at all because I am dictated to by my circumstances, by my emotions, by my whims, by my temper tantrums. We can't be these people leaking love all over the place without being those people fully inhabiting the freedom that Christ died for us to have and wants us to occupy. You know who had true freedom? Do you remember the story of Paul and Silas? Two men from the Bible who got locked in prison for preaching the gospel. I'm going to tell you something right now. If I even experience the tiniest bit of what they experienced, I, I don't know. I don't know what my reaction would be, but I don't know that it would have been worshiping Jesus with joy. That's actual freedom. That's freedom. That's a freedom that says you are not dictated to by your circumstances, by even physical prisons that other people may force you into. You know who had freedom? Did you guys hear the story? I remember being told this story all the time when I was growing up and we used to study history and we would study the Holocaust. And there was a story of a Jewish man who was in one of these camps who was so kind to the, to the Nazi officers. He like became friends with them, changed their lives completely. That is freedom. Do I have that freedom? Am I living that freedom? Because that's the freedom I've been given. That's the freedom that heaven is constantly declaring over me. But am I living in it? Will the worship team make your way back up here? This is really important for us today because this is, this is gonna be a really significant beginning for a lot of people in this room today. It is for freedom that you have already been set free. Are you living free? Your, um, I, P, 
people just kept coming up to me during worship because the Holy Spirit was just speaking to people for us today. And so I have a few words I want to share with you all. And then I'm going to give you guys a chance to respond, okay? Chris, who's our youth pastor, came up to me and he shared a picture of an old house that was surrounded by scaffolding because there's been some really intense work going on in the house. And he said he felt like the Holy Spirit said there's someone or some people here today who God has been doing a very deep work in you. A very deep work in you over a long period of time. And he's saying it's time to take the scaffolding down because now this, this building is ready to be occupied. So if that's you, we're going we're gonna to pray for you. When we were singing um, Living Hope, which is, can we do Living Hope again? Okay. When we were singing Living Hope, um, I got this picture of, you know, when Jesus was raised from the dead and the stone was rolled away. And then I got this sense that for a lot of you, your stone has been rolled away. There's nothing keeping you in the tomb, but you're still in the tomb. And the Father is resurrecting today. He's resurrecting today. In the first service, I got two words of a specific type of bondage that I, that I think we're dealing with here. And I just want to say it in this service also, just in case. I think some people in this room are bound and trapped by fear. And you are so afraid. And you know logically the right thing, but you are nearly crippled with fear. The Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is ready to begin a work in you this morning. And the other one was a specific uh, bondage to self-hatred. And um, I think that can be for anyone in the room, but I got a sense that it was for someone 19, 18 and younger. This bondage to self-hatred, the Holy Spirit is here. So can we stand together? I forgot to say also that Jamie had a picture over here in this um, back corner of like a, a, a cloud just hovering over someone or some people in this back corner. And he had a sense that there's someone over here that you have felt that the presence of God has left you. And the Father is saying that he is hovering over you. He has not left you. Holy Spirit is here for you today. It is for freedom that Christ has already set you free. So what we're doing in this moment is we are going to decide whether we are going to take the first steps to living and walking in our freedom or if we're going to retreat into the comfortable and known slavery. So we're going to worship together again.